This is the Human-Centric Investing Podcast with John Deal, where we look at the world of investing through the eyes of our clients. Take it away, John. Hello, financial advisors. This is John Deal, Senior Vice President of Strategic Markets at Hartford Funds. Welcome to Episode 34 of the Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm, I'm really happy to welcome Dave Ingram. Dave Ingram is a top Hartford Funds advisor consultant for, for many, many years. But in addition to that, Dave has an additional role at Hartford Funds. He travels the country. Dave's kind of an expert, not only in value-added content, but what I would say is practice efficiency. And so we send Dave across the country to talk to teams, both large and small, teams who are just breaking into the business, others who have been in the business for a while, working with top advisors, working with all different firms and channels to kind of get a feel or a pulse for what's going on in terms of actually running a practice. And so, Dave, first and foremost, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hey, John, no problem. It is a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to share in this conversation here today. Well, Dave, one of the things that we really want to focus on today, the name of our podcast is how to win the game before it's even played. And, you know, you and I were talking prior to starting the recording and we were talking about running an efficient practice. Well, let's just not even our practice running efficient lives in light of all the distractions that that surround us today. And so as we kick off today's podcast, I was wondering you know, you spend a lot of time on these topics and, and how we use our time most efficiently, how we maximize it. How did you become passionate about this topic and, and what really inspired you? That's a great place to start. And and so I'll tell you, I've, I've been in this industry for 15 years now. And I'd say that the the business that I oversee, the business that I run and operate, it's it's very similar to the businesses that the advisors I speak with and work with on around the country um, on a daily basis. And what I mean is that you know, essentially all of our businesses began simple. At some point when we entered this industry, our business model was rather simple. It was to meet and, and bring in new clients, gather assets. And, you know, that's simple enough, but not necessarily easy. And then what happened is as all of our businesses grew and our client base grew, so too grew the complexities of running that same business, which I was certainly experiencing in my own business. And if I needed any more inspiration on how to become more efficient, my wife and I now have a five-year-old son, and we also have two-year-old twin boys, which, you know, when they were born, that just certainly further added to the complexities of trying to run and balance business and life. So, you know, luckily, John, after hosting 10,000 plus meetings with financial advisors around the country over the last 15 years, it was only natural for me to notice a pattern emerging amongst the most successful advisors. And, and basically, the most successful financial advisors I worked with, they were those that were constantly fighting the current of complexity to keep things simple in running their business. And so therefore, I became passionate about reading books and listening to podcasts and, and watching videos, anything I could get my hands on that had to do with how to improve efficiencies. And this ultimately led me to become a, a student of the game on, on how to simplify your business, how to simplify your strategy 
with the end result, the goal being to magnify your time, your results, and, and certainly not the least of which is to improve the overall quality of your life. Absolutely, Dave. And I know, I know, you know, you've kind of helped pull some of these concepts together, uh, in some content that you created for Hartford Funds that's available for advisors that we actually call how to win the game before it is even played. So tell me the significance of the title. Where, how did you come up with it and kind of what's the significance of it? Yeah. So much of the content that I've, I've created and produced in the past, the, the irony is it, all of it is created by me, but at, at first it's created for me, for me to help mm-hmm. develop and get through the challenges in my own business, my own life. So, you know, let's face it, anyone listening to this podcast can attest to we live in a very distracted world, both in the office and at our homes. And if we try to run our business or life for that matter, by just winging it or doing things on the fly. I mean, those never ending sirens of our day that are constantly calling and vying for our attention, they're going to ultimately take us way off course. So, you know, if you think of things like your email inbox, inbound but unscheduled phone calls, quote unquote, breaking news, text messages, the list goes on and on. And if we think that we can rely on things like willpower and discipline to power us through these distractions. Again, we're going to find that those are ultimately outdated and antiquated methodologies that just aren't practical for many people. And they're just not relevant to the times we live in today. So, you know, therefore this, this topic of how to win the game before it's even played. I mean, really it means never starting your day until it's finished on paper and, and more specifically, designing exactly how and where you'll be allocating your time and attention. And then once you've figured out when and what you'll be doing, then, John, it's really about creating the environment that's going to propel you towards success rather than operating in an environment that opposes your success. Well, and Dave, as I listen to you say that, I mean, I, I think you'd probably agree with this, right? Most of those distractions, if you will, are kind of those little things that don't come with glaring, glaring signs that they're creeping into our day. They're kind of little things, right? Over time that just kind of slip in there and, and pull us away from maybe the things that are more important. And very few of us, uh, but get into a discipline, right? Of kind of taking a step back and examining what we're doing with our time. Would you agree with that? Would, would, would totally agree. And, that's that's the maddening irony is is these these sirens, if you will, they tend to be smaller things, you know, maybe in stature, email, text messages, you know, the innocent inbound phone call. But the magnitude of them, the weight of them, how far they can take us off track, it is it is extraordinary to think of, um, you know, the compound effect of those. So when you think about it, Dave. And we think about the advisors that we all work with. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you think advisors face and how are they affected by those challenges? Yeah. So one of the big things here is that many of us are working in an environment that is not really conducive to our goals and success. And, and there's a great, great quote by a, a Dr. Marshall Goldsmith where he says, if we do not create and control our environment, our environment creates and controls us. So p- 
people really just don't necessarily realize how distracted they are constantly throughout the day and and many times it actually doesn't hit them if it hits them at all you know where they wonder where did my time go today and 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 what did i actually get done and again you know it's just the the quick glance at a text message just an innocent peek at their email inbox you know let me just grab this phone call real quick while i have a second all of these things were they were all inbound but unplanned and then they put us in reactive mode and research shows that the average distraction can take us 25 minutes or more to get refocused on that with which we were working prior to said distraction nobody on this podcast needs me to tell them you only need one or two of those distractions in the morning and or afternoon and then before you know it john your entire day is thrown way off course so i think i mean it's kind of obvious about why those challenges are important to for advisors to deal with but um can you give us like a real an example you've seen out there in the field of of how this can really become an issue for an advisor yeah well i mean i'll just give you a couple of the challenges actually i mean number one one of the biggest challenges right out of the gates is not many people are going to tell you to stop uh you know when it comes to conventional wisdom, the societal norms. I mean, I don't know many people that got fired or reprimanded for checking their email or answering their phone. You know, a matter of fact, that there's almost this social stigma about someone who's not working hard, who's not putting in the hours. And, and you know, hear me clear on this. There's no substitute for hard work, but there may just be a better way in, in how you operate and run your day and run your business. And, and then, you know, really the second challenge, John, is, is these distractions I'm talking about, they, they make us feel like we're working. But there's a big divide between those things that increase your busyness and those things that increase your business. So, you know, to give you an example of what you asked for, to me, the best example is somebody's email inbox. You know, your entire email inbox is somebody else's agenda. You could spend hours, you could spend days reading and replying and deleting emails. And, you know, at face value, that might actually make you feel good. You get that instant gratification of checking yet something else off your list, completing yet another task, which, you know, in turn, what compounds this, it almost creates this dopamine loop, thereby making it harder and harder for you not to become distracted by those constant sirens of, of emails, text messages, Twitter feeds, Facebook, the list goes on and on. And and ultimately, John, if you're not careful without you even realizing it, this can become quite a problem. Yeah, and I think, Dave, if you think about it, as our business has changed over the last 20 or 30 years, right? We went from a a highly transactional business where, uh, yeah, time was important getting me to the point where I could close the deal. But today, where many of us are compensated for a fee, uh, and that fee is largely generated from working with the right kind of clients for the right amount of time, prioritize. I think more than ever, the, the, uh, the emphasis is on prioritizing the right things, right? Where, where would you say advisors get tripped up most often? Yes. Yeah, so, so one of the things first is they really need to dissociate, you know, disassociate effort versus reward. You can put a lot of effort into something, but if it's the wrong thing, 
then the rewards just aren't going to be what you might have hoped for or anticipated. And I, I believe where most advisors get tripped up, if if they're really not where they want to be, and, and I say this with the utmost compassion, compassion and empathy because I've been there, but advisors that aren't where they want to be and where they're getting tripped up, so often it's not because they lack drive, desire, or ambition, but in reality, it, it tends to be because they lack clarity on what they truly want and they lack a strategy and in an environment to help them, help them get there. So when you lack those types of vital things, you become even that much more susceptible to distractions and, and starting and stopping and changes in directions and second guessing. I mean, again, anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure has been there, done that. And I believe that's where advisors and just people in general, that's where they ultimately get tripped up. So it's kind of like that old saying, right? When you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there, right? Whether that's, whether that's spending too much time in email or, uh, or answering those ever urgent phone calls that come in during the day. So if those are some of the issues, Dave, that you've seen, um, are there, are there techniques that you've seen that you find particularly helpful in trying to come over, overcome some of those obstacles? Yeah, I mean, a couple of techniques that come to mind that, that I've applied and in turn have shared with financial advisors and have seen tremendous results. Two of these would be something known as the, the 1% rule and then another, um, again, not really a commonly known uh, technique, but it would be the Ivy Lee method. And, and, and ultimately, these these techniques, all of these techniques are, should be designed to help you essentially lead and live a more intentional and, and purposeful business in life. So, so yeah, tell me, tell me, you mentioned the 1% rule, the Ivy Lee method. What, what's the 1% rule all about? Okay, perfect. So the, the 1% rule, I mean, again, ultimately you can and should be the architect of your time and those precious few morning hours, they tend to be the best time to design for yourself and to plan your day, or even better, take a little bit of time at the end of your day to plan the next day. And in doing so, apply this 1% rule, which basically is this, John. We're, we're all operating on this 24-hour continuum. You know, we're all within the guidelines of this 24-hour loop, and those 24 hours, they represent 1,440 minutes. So therefore, if you took 1% of that time, in other words, let's call it 14 minutes. And you put those 14 minutes on an actual timer or, or stopwatch on your smartphone. And with that time, with those 14 minutes, you did nothing else but map out what you want your day to look like. You know, basically print out a copy of your day in advance. And for those slots that are not already pre-populated with meetings, phone appointments or other time-sensitive activities, write in what you should be focused on and doing during those invaluable moments of your day. And the point with this 1% rule is if you just take 1% of your day to design what you want it to look like, that 1% can have an amazing, positive, and powerful influence over the next 24 hours of your of your time, of your day. And as I was saying before, it's even more beneficial if you take the time to plan your day the day before. That way you can ensure 
from the moment you wake up, your day gets off to a great start and you're off and running from there. You know, Dave, when you talk about that 1% role and using just one part of your day to plan out what's going to happen that day, we asked a live webinar poll on our August webinar that you were you were kind enough to host for us or be a guest yep. on, I should say. And we asked, do you plan your day ahead or do you wing it? You know, 59% of advisors said they plan ahead, but 41% said they wing it. That's a lot of people that are just winging it, right? Yeah, so the good news is we have some very honest respondents on our polls. <laughs> yeah. The uh, And I guess the better news for them is, is hope is just maybe a quarter turn away. But I, I go back to what we were saying earlier. We just – we live in a different environment today than we did – you know, just even a couple of decades ago. And with all of these distractions, I mean, the news channels, smartphones, you know, the Internet, I could go on and on. If you're not speaking for your time, meaning popping it into your calendar, designing, being the architect of what your, your day to look like, if you're not speaking for your time, there are plenty of people and things that will speak for your time for you. Essentially, so you know, for the forty-one percent of our respondents that said they were winging it, I'd say there's a pretty high correlation that at the end of their day, they did not execute on the things that would have had the biggest impact on their business. Because it's safe to say, by winging it, they were allowing themselves to be taken way off course by the incessant distractions that are around us and available to us all day long. So, Dave, the other thing you mentioned is something I had never heard of before. You called it the Ivy Lee method. What is that? Yeah, so the Ivy Lee method, I came across this a while back. Again, applied it to my own business with, with a great degree of results and in turn shared it with the advisors I worked with. Again, and saw a high level of increased efficiency and performance. But basically, the, the Ivy Lee method, it, it's – uh, a hundred-year-old strategy for helping people become more productive at work. So this strategy dates back to the early 1900s when, at the time, this gentleman, Ivy Lee, he was a productivity consultant, and he was hired by Charles M. Schwab, not necessarily the Schwab from the financial services industry, but rather Charles M. Schwab, who at the time was president of the Bethlehem Steel Corporation. But basically, Ivy Lee was hired by Schwab to improve his company's efficiency. And as the story go, Lee was so confident in what he had to offer, he gave his methodology to Schwab for free. And after just a few months, Schwab was so pleased with the results, he wrote Lee a check for $25,000, which is basically the equivalent of nearly half a million dollars in today's money. So, you know, what was this strategy that worked so well? It's rather simple. When, when using the Ivy Lee method, at the end of each night or in the morning before your day begins, you just write down your six most important tasks to accomplish that day in order of importance. And the key is to write out these tasks before you actually begin your day. Then you begin working on these tasks one at a time, and, and you should focus on one task at a time going from most important to least important and fully completing before actually moving on to the next one. And then any unfinished business amongst those tasks should simply be moved to the next day's list of tasks if you deem them worthy enough to still make the cut. So 
if you think about how does this methodology help, basically it's by planning your day the night before or the morning of, you reduce starting and stopping. And like I was talking about before, those changes in directions and second guessing in terms of what you should be working on. And, you know, you also begin your day knowing exactly what you'll be working on instead of wasting valuable time and energy being in reactive mode, winging it, putting out fires and and being busy rather than being productive. And a, a great book I read not too long ago, a book called Atomic Habits, the author actually elaborated on why this Ivy Lee method has withstood the test of time, a hundred years and counting now. And he basically said it best when he said, if you commit to nothing, you'll be distracted by everything. Mm-hmm. So if, if anyone finds themselves in that camp, maybe do a quick Google search on the Ivy Lee method. It may very well be the answer for you. So Dave, we talked about some of those ideas and I think you, look, you and I've worked together for a long time and I think you and I both agree that you know, maybe one word that captures it really well is the word intentional, right? Being being intentional about where we spend our time and the activities that we prioritize. But uh, in a similar light, what are some common approaches that you found to be least helpful? In other words, what have you seen advisors try to do that just doesn't really work? Yeah, again, this would be under the category of outdated and antiquated methodologies that just do not apply in today's you know workplace work environment and the one that instantly comes to mind is this idea of multitasking you know i'll just do a bunch of things at one time to expedite the time it takes to see them through to completion and that that, that is just such a fallacy and anyone that's you know uh delved into this idea of multitasking is probably finding their results to be uh, minimal at best. And, you know, anyone that delved deeper into this this notion of multitasking, I mean, neuroscience research tells us that the brain doesn't really ever do tasks simultaneously as we thought or maybe hoped it actually would. I mean, when you're multitasking, what you're really doing is just moving back and forth, back and forth between tasks quickly. So it's not multitasking. It's rather what they call switch tasking. Again, you're just going back and forth, back and forth between multiple things, which ironically can actually not only increase mistakes, but can also increase the amount of time it would have taken had you just focused on one task single-mindedly and seen it through to completion. Well, Dave, we're nearing the end of our time on today's podcast. I have a ton more questions for you, so I think we're going to want to follow up with this podcast with a second one uh, so that I can ask you a few more of the questions that I have. But I want to thank you for taking the time that that you did today on today's podcast and uh, and hope we have time to come back for for maybe a follow-up on this one. Absolutely. I would love to share some more strategies and tactics designed to enhance people's business and lives. Personal passion of mine and uh, everything I talk about, I've, I've applied to my own business and life, so I love sharing it with others. Well, and here's one that I'll tee up with, Dave, you can think about before you respond to me is if we employ the 1% rule, Ivy Lee, and some of the things we talked about on the podcast today – what happens when that crazy thing that is really vital and important comes out of right field an hour after I mapped out my day? How do we deal with that? So 
I hate to leave people hanging, but that's my first question for the next podcast episode. I just want to let everybody know that's listening today that advisor resources can be found at hartfordfunds.com slash win. Again, that's hartfordfunds.com slash win. Again, this is John Deal. Thanks, everyone, for listening on the podcast today and look forward to our next podcast of the Human Centric Investing Podcast where we'll invite Dave Ingram from Hartford Funds back with us again. Thanks, and talk to you all next time. This podcast is intended for use by financial professionals or in conjunction with the advice of a financial professional. It is intended to be educational in nature and should not be construed as individual investment advice or a recommendation or solicitation to buy, sell, or hold any security or to adopt any investment strategy. It does not constitute legal or tax advice or fiduciary advice pursuant to ERISA rules. 